been enjoying our little mini-series on Elijah and Elisha, and there will be another instalment next week, so stay tuned. There's really only one notice that I wanted to bring to you uh, tonight, and that is that we have got a YouTube channel, and on that YouTube channel, all the notices that we might have uh, given you on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night are all wrapped up into that little YouTube clip. The link is in the newsletter that's being sent out to everyone. So I'll just refer you to that and uh, you can get some updates there. I'm going to pray now and what I'd like to pray for is for our own hearts. Um, wow, don't our hearts need uh, the work of God's Spirit um, in them? My heart, definitely. Uh, I'd like to pray for um, little Jude Adamsthwaite. Um, he is the son of Eliza and David Adamswaite, who are w- serving the Lord on the Silk Road. He's also the, the nephew of um, Josh and Georgia Mail. And so I'd like to pray for him because he has been in intensive care and we'd like to be in prayer um, for him. I'd also um, like us uh, to be praying uh, for other missionaries uh, in, in uh, Indonesia. Yeah, there's, uh, with what's happening with uh, I don't know whether you've seen it on the news, but with what's happening with the pandemic in some of those countries, they really do need uh, the Lord to be at work. So will you join me now and pray um, to uh, the Lord together? So let's, let's uh, humble our heart and bow our head uh, to God in prayer. Hey, Father in heaven, uh, we coming to you there's nothing that you don't see in our lives uh, an x-ray x-rays all the way through a body to r- reveal the deeper levels but lord your eyes see right into our soul you know everything and we don't try and hide from you lord we're bringing it all to you lord we acknowledge that there's words that we've said this week uh, there's thoughts that we've thought this week there's things that we've done this week that uh, are offensive to you that are displeasing to you um but lord we're bringing them to you as like like a like we would be taking garbage out um of our house so we're bringing all our rubbish of our lives our sin lord and with shame we're bringing it to you and but with thankfulness because it's you lord uh, that forgive us and cleanse us and lift the burden of us. And so we're coming to you, Lord, um, as those that are deeply needy and seeking your grace. Hey, Father, we're asking also uh, for the refreshing work of your spirit in our hearts. Only you, Lord, can do that uh, as you work by your word and your spirit deep within us to refresh us and cleanse us, and renew us, and replenish us. And so, Lord, I'm just asking um, with those that are joining with me, would you please come um, by the power of your Spirit and with the replenishing rain uh, to fall on our dry hearts to bring life and renewal to us. And so I ask that, Lord, as well. Father, I do want to pray 
for little Jude, 12-year-old Jude, who's been in intensive care, and join uh, together with others around the world, really, praying for that little boy, uh, asking, Father, that your hand of uh, healing and grace would be on him, and, uh, Lord, that uh, you would be turning his eyes to you in new ways, and you would be granting him the grace of, of a well body. So we, we lovingly bring him and his parents and family to you, um, Father. And Lord, uh, I also want to pray for David and Carol uh, who are in Indonesia. And there's many others working um, in developing countries. But Father, for them who are leading a work there um, to bring relief and hope. Um, to people that are really, really suffering in this pandemic, not even having enough to eat quite often. And we're asking for your unusual um, gift of your spirit to give them wisdom and grace and provision to pour out your love and care uh, to those in that country that many might know that you are the God of grace and hope. So I lovingly bring them to you as well. And Lord, we're now going to turn um, to your word as Dale opens the scriptures to us. And I'm asking that you would um, prepare our hearts, that you would be the one that would get um, the shovel out, out and dig up the soil of our hearts so that they're not hard, but the seed of your word would sink, Lord, into us so that we would be changed and our hope would come and life would come in you and good ways for our hearts so work in us we pray father yeah, in jesus name amen just before we uh turn to the scriptures and uh, have dale uh, open the scriptures for us in a very beautiful passage from 1 peter uh, chapter 1 just want to you to know that if a question rises in your mind and you think, I would love, I'd love just to know the answer to that question. Um, maybe um, it's a question you've had for a long time or it might be a question that uh, is just prompted by uh, the message that Dale brings. We've got a text number here that you can text in your question. Uh, the number is 0492-831-233. And Dale will try and answer your question. If you text it into that number, Dale will attempt to answer that question before tonight is out, so uh, during the live stream, just to give you um, a, a help um, to have some of your questions answered. But let's switch now um, to Dale and have the scriptures open for us. So, hello everybody. Nice to be with you in Cyberworld. Hope you're comfortable wherever you are. We're going to read from 1 Peter chapter 1 from verse 3. So if you've got your Bible or your Bible app on your phone, let's have a look at that together. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, 
you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So Peter is praising God. Why? He's praising God because God has given us hope. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. What's hope all about? I've got a definition here that you may or may not agree with. See what you think. Hope is the anticipation of something in the future, the promise of which gives joy in the present and makes waiting and even suffering worthwhile. Does that ring true to you? I'll read that again. Hope is the anticipation of something in the future, the promise of which gives joy in the present and makes waiting and even suffering worthwhile. And the greater the hope, the greater the joy and the greater the willingness to wait and to suffer. So what are the kind of hopes that we see around about us at the moment? I was down the street yesterday and I could be imagining it, but I sense that there was a bit of joy in our community at the prospect of the easing of our, of our lockdown and the social distancing and the restrictions that we've been under. Some people may have been hoping, and because we're doing so well, at least in our region, of keeping the, the COVID virus under control, People are actually thinking, maybe it won't be too long and I'll be able to give someone a hug. Or maybe people are starting to feel the joy, expecting that they'll be able to go out to dinner with their friends. Maybe people who've had to put off their travel plans may be thinking, oh, I'm starting to hope again. Some of you may have been missing the football. And people who are hoping for these things are willing to sacrifice. As you know, maybe you're one of them. Over 4 million Australians have downloaded the app. This is what the health minister said to us. If you want to go back to football, download the app. So we know that people, at least some people, have enough hope in their hearts that they're willing to sacrifice a level of privacy, some battery power, so that they can have life beyond lockdown. But maybe as I've been talking about what hope means, your heart sinks a little bit. And you might think, well, I don't know about hope, but I know what it means to lose hope. I know what it means to feel hopeless. Maybe there's been a promise that has failed. Maybe a dream or a plan that has come to nothing. And Peter himself actually knows what that feels like. 
He put all of his hopes into Jesus. He invested three years of his life. He gave up his job and he travelled about with the man that he believed would bring salvation to Israel and blessing to the whole world as God had promised. And yet he died on a Roman cross. The Jewish leaders rejected him, humiliated him, handed him over and he was crucified. And Peter's hopes were crushed. And he's actually writing to a people who also know what it's like to have their hopes challenged. David explained to us last week that the people he's writing to are facing increasing persecution, their loss of their livelihood. Rumours were swirling around as to what the Christians were about, who they were. They were a despised minority. And some of them, very, very shortly after the time of writing, would die. Many of them, actually, at the hands of Nero. And yet, Peter himself writes to people like this, God has given us new birth into a living hope. And he says in verse 6, In all this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Peter and these people have a deep joy in their heart. Despite the losses and the difficulties that they're experiencing and would experience. We know that Peter himself died a martyr's death. How is it possible that they have this joy and they have this hope? What is the Christian's hope? Let's look again at our text. Read from verse 3, the second half of verse 3. In his great mercy, God has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is why Peter has got a smile on his face. I don't know if you've seen the movie Princess Bride. I think a lot of you probably have. And there's this scene where Wesley and the Spaniard are having this sword fight and they're going back and forth and at the end of the sword fight it appears, I'm going to abbreviate it, you people who know it better than I won't like my condensed version, but at the end of the fight it looks like Wesley is beaten and he says, I admit you're better than I am and... um, And so the Spaniard says, well, why are you smiling? And he says, because I know something you don't know. I'm not left-handed. Anyway, um, I haven't really done that justice. But Peter, in the midst of his trials, and the people Peter is writing to in the midst of their trials, and everyone's looking at them and thinking, you guys shouldn't have that smile on your face. What do you know that we don't know? What do they know? They know about the resurrection of Jesus. And those of us who know about the resurrection of Jesus know that death isn't the end, that the powers of the world can't do anything to remove our hope. And nothing nothing could make Peter be quiet about the hope he has now because he has seen his Saviour die and then he's understood that it was a death for him and then he saw that his Saviour rose again and he trusts in the promise that Peter himself and the Christians that he's writing to will rise again as well. They'll rise 
at the end of the age into an inheritance. It's an inheritance that is kept in heaven, verse 4 and 5. An inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. It's not very fashionable in some circles to talk about heaven too much because people think that if you're too heavenly minded then you're of less earthly use. Somehow you'll forget about your responsibilities and your stewardship of this world. It doesn't work like that. Christian hope actually inspires us to love and to serve in this world. If you read the rest of Peter's letter, you'll find that he's very practical about relationships and life and, and holiness. But his heart and his mind are set on this fantastic inheritance, this great future that is kept in heaven for God's people. Let me read to you from Revelation chapter 21, which describes something of this hope. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And so we trust that we have this fantastic hope of a new heaven and a new earth that's our inheritance because we belong to the Lord, because we're his kids. So that's what our Christian hope is. Um, this is a bit embarrassing, but I'm just going to go and get some notes that I've left. One second. That it's, in our, it's our inheritance in heaven. So how do you get this hope? How do we make it ours? Let's read verse 3 again. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy. He has given us new birth into a living hope. If you were to do a survey of people and ask them if they had hope beyond death, to those who would say yes, what reason would they give for that confidence? I think at least a portion of those people would say something like this. Yes, on balance, I'm a pretty good person and I'm sure that I'm not like some other bad people and so I think that God will accept me and that I'll have this hope beyond death. Jesus told a story about some people actually, a Pharisee and a tax collector who came up to the temple to pray. The tax collectors were really betrayers of their nation, they benefited dishonestly through stealing from their own people in order to serve the Romans. We might, if it was in our day, we might feel the same way about a drug dealer, for example, someone who benefits at the harm of others. So let's say we've got a pastor. Of course, pastors are very upstanding, wonderful people. Um, so we've got 
the pastor and the drug dealer or the Pharisee and the tax collector and they're going up to the temple and the upright fellow says, God, I'm so thankful. I'm thankful that I tick your boxes. I pray regularly. I tithe. I even fast. And I'm really thankful that I'm not like this guy. The tax collector doesn't even look up and he beats on his chest and he simply says, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus says one of those walked away right with God. Can you guess which one? It wasn't the upstanding godly man, the Pharisee. It was the tax collector. If we want to access this hope, if we want to make it ours, then we cannot have it by appealing to our own goodness or our own sense of having deserved it because none of us do. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Otherwise, why on earth would Jesus die? Why would he die if we could make it ourselves? So we appeal to the mercy, the undeserved kindness and compassion of God the Father who loves to give good gifts to undeserving people like me. And finally, how would you know that you have it? How do you know that you've got this hope? Because I read to you before from the book of Revelation that describes this wonderful making all things new, the wiping away of all tears and sadness and pain. But then the scripture goes on to say that there will be people who will be turned away and that they won't inherit this new life, this new heavens and earth that God is creating. How can we make sure that our hope of our inheritance of heaven is not just wishful thinking and that in the end we'll be disappointed? Well, one thing is that if you'd like to read it in Revelation chapter 21, and uh, verses 6 and following, the Lord lists the kind of practices that he hates. And if we are to hold on to Jesus, we also have to let go of sin. And there is no compromise with the Lord. And so that's something that we need to 